the results of Tulsa's mayor's race. Voters choosing G.T. Bynum to lead the city of Tulsa for another four years. The incumbent winning re-election tonight with 52% of the vote. I've tried throughout my time as mayor to be uh, a mayor for all Tulsans. Uh, we run a completely nonpartisan uh, approach, and that's very unique. And I think that was one of the, the big questions in this race. When you had Greg uh, very much appealing uh, to Democrats in Tulsa. You know, I'm actually, I'm extremely hopeful. Uh, this was a campaign that we started just 76 days ago, and wow, what a ride it was. Just a few months ago, the re-election of Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum seemed like a given. But the first-term mayor, who originally won with support from both Republicans and Democrats, found himself in a battle this summer, particularly from community activist Greg Robinson. Bynum's comments on the 2016 police shooting of Terrence Crutcher and his acceptance of President Trump's campaign rally this summer ignited anger in parts of the community and seemed to jeopardize his expected easy re-election campaign. But on Tuesday, Bynum won re-election outright, beating Robinson and a crowded field of other challengers. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder, and on this week's episode of Listen Frontier, I speak with my colleagues Cassie McClung and Dylan Goforth, who both covered Tuesday's mayoral election in Tulsa. We dissect the results and discuss what it means not just for Mayor Bynum, but Tulsa politics moving forward. So Dylan, we came into the summer uh, thinking that the mayor's race in Tulsa wasn't going to be much of a show to watch. Uh, a lot of people just assumed that uh, Bynum was going to uh, coast to re-election pretty easy. The result was he actually did win by, by a decent margin, but it didn't appear that it was going to be that way in the, the couple months and weeks leading up to the election. Uh, what made this contest appear, at least, like it was going to be uh, more competitive than expected? Yeah, he, I mean, like you said, it was not a race that anyone was super focused on, even as recently as, you know, as May, um, because Bynum's background is sort of in in the in the center, you know, like pulling votes from both Democrats and Republicans and, and just sort of, um, you know, living in that area. And what what made the race, what made the race a race is that in in June, amid the, you know, the, Tulsa had opened back up uh, from the coronavirus pandemic, the, you know, along with the state, and he was criticized for that. Um, the Trump rally happened in Tulsa. He was criticized for that. And he was on TV at one point uh, talking about Tulsa and, it, and its past with racial issues. And the host asked him a question about something like uh, about the Terrence Crutcher shooting from 2016 and if race played a factor. And I think he said, you know, no, it wasn't race. It was it was drug use. And that was something that stuck with people uh, very strongly, including Greg Robinson, who obviously ran against him because he was one of the people who had met with Bynum a few days before 
that TV interview about racial issues, and they all felt like they were on the same page, and Tulsa was moving forward from a racial perspective. And then he made that comment on TV, and it was right before the filing period. And uh, Greg Robinson, you know, is a young, smart guy, and he's a, uh, you know, politically maybe not a well-known figure, but I mean, he is around uh, City Hall as an advocate for a lot of things, and people who are at City Hall a lot know who he is. And uh, he very quickly raised a bunch of money, had a uh, ran a very good campaign, um, really got his his message out there very well, his platform out there very well, and it and it you know it connected with a lot of people. And the question leading into Tuesday was, how many people, and was there enough time to reach enough people to, you know, force it into a runoff? And so that very quickly went from a race that no one was really you know it was just sort of ready to anoint Bynum another term. To something where people had to kind of sit on on the edge of their seat on Tuesday and wait to see what would happen. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people at least expected this to go to a runoff. That uh, you know that Bynum or Robinson wouldn't be able to to get over the fifty percent threshold necessary to win outright. Now Bynum did, so he obviously had support from more than half of the voters in Tulsa. Um, but it, it was it was kind of a jarring summer for for Bynum, as you talked about, kind of the. The interview that drew a lot of attention, the, the Trump rally, which, uh, you know, for for a moment this summer was kind of the, the, the focus of the political world. I mean, of course, wherever Trump goes, there's a lot of attention and controversy, but then, you know, a, a lot of attention towards issues of racial injustice. And, and that's been a big theme in Tulsa for many years. Um, you know, Bynum really went from a, a, a fairly kind of popular mayor that was getting a lot of national attention for various things to all of a sudden getting some criticism. Was this kind of the first like major, you know, period of criticism that he had had as, as mayor? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is his, you know, he is a Republican, but all of the criticism that he had gotten leading up to this summer was all from, really from Republicans. I mean, that was the, the biggest um, criticisms that he got was that he was too progressive, you know. His closest, uh, or his fiercest, I guess, Republican opponent in the mayor's race was a guy who, refers to him as, you know, like a Bloomberg socialist, you know. And so from, for the, you know, past three years, the biggest uh, criticism he's gotten has been from the right. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until this summer, some of these issues, it just were sort of, you know, one thing after another. I mean, back as recently as March or April, you know, you were getting sort of like fawning uh, stories about him in national news about the Republican mayor who defied Trump and shut down the city, you know, amid the coronavirus pandemic. And it all happened really fast and um, just sort of coalesced around Greg Robinson as a candidate. Um, and really, it really pushed the race in, in an interesting direction. Yeah. And it's kind of a similar d- dynamic here in Oklahoma City. We've got a, a mayor who was a Republican state senator and but also kind of seen as that, you know, a, a pretty moderate politician and, and, and gets his share, his fair share of criticism from the right as well. So, so Cassie, on Tuesday night, you were at Robinson's watch party. Um, tell us a little bit about who, who Robinson is and what was kind of his his message um, in his, uh, you know, short campaign. I mean, just a little mm-hmm. bit more than two months that he had to mobilize a campaign to take on a, an incumbent mayor. What was uh, what did he build his campaign around? Right. Sure. So, you know, like Dylan was talking about earlier, Robinson had started his campaign, you know, just like 76 days ago. And it seemed like he really kind of in that time, short time period, really gained some momentum, really built this grassroots uh, campaign around himself. And one of his big platforms when he was running um, was, you know, just on upward mobility 
getting more access to affordable housing, um, mental health care, stuff like that. And, you know, he's also pointing to more accessible transportation, closing the equity gaps in education. And we know that North Tulsa, you know, from data we've seen in the past has, you know, people who live there have a much shorter life expectancy than other Tulsans. So that's another focal point of his was that, um, you know, regardless of where you live, everyone should have an equal quality of life. So I think that really drew people to him, especially people who felt as if they didn't have a voice. Um, I talked to several supporters at Robinson's watch party who said they hadn't voted in a mayoral campaign before. They've never participated in a mayoral election. And, you know, when it became clear that Robinson, you know, there might not be a runoff that night, um, you know, they said even if he lost, they they hope he runs again in 2024. And they feel like, you know, they have, I guess, more of a voice in local elections and that they can make change happen because, you know, like we were talking about, you know, almost 30% of the vote in just 76 days is, that's pretty significant. So imagine, you know, if Robinson decided to run again in 2024 and he started earlier, he might be able to gain even more momentum. Yeah. You know, question to either of you, what do you feel like the results say about uh, local politics in, in Tulsa right now? I mean, I, you know, I don't want to make too much of the fact, you know, of Bynum, you know, being unpopular because obviously he won re-election and, and, and surprised people by winning outright. But like we've said, I mean, he, he did take on a formidable challenger. It seemed to raise a lot of issues and they're, they're a sizable part of the of the, the population expressed some frustration with him. What, what do we take away from this election beyond just the, the actual results? You know, I think, I mean, the next three years will be really interesting because, I mean, Bynum, so he, he the day after the election, he did a, an interview on a local radio station here. And he, he said that, you know, and he has said this before too, that he sees himself as only a two-term mayor who will not run again in 2024. And um, one of the, I can't remember if it was a question from the host or from a caller, but asked something about how, what he would do, hopefully do a better job of this time than he did last time. And he mentioned how, when he ran against the former mayor, uh, Dewey Bartlett in 2016, Bartlett was viewed as more of the establishment Republican. And he was, you know, like we said, Biden was more of the moderate Republican. So he said that when he got into office, he did not get a lot of support from the establishment Republican, you know, conservative types, and he, that he wanted to spend the next four years more um, connecting with, with them uh, and bringing them into City Hall, um, which is, I think, could be an interesting, could make for an interesting four years, given that he said he doesn't plan on running again. So, and he said, even in an interview, he didn't, he thought he may never see him, you know, people have long said that he may run for, you know, Inhofe Senate seat or some other um, higher office. And he said he doesn't see himself ever being on a ballot again. So what, mm -hmm. what does four more years of, of a mayor who doesn't want to run for office again and says he wants to engage more with people who are conservative, who are to the right of him, um, you know, what is, what are those, that four years look like, you know, I mean, that's really interesting to me, given that he has been elected twice now, if you look at it on the backs of both Republican and Democrat voters, what does, you know, the final four years of a term for a guy who doesn't want to run for higher office again and wants to connect more with Republicans look like, I mean, it could be a very different, um, 
four years than the last four years. You know, it's interesting. You talk about him not running, you know, in another race, and that obviously you would would think would dictate how you would govern, right? I mean, if you are, uh, you know, maybe Biden made some decisions this summer because he was on the ballot coming up, but if he's not going to be on the next ballot, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he does and what he doesn't do. And you would think if he was going, if he was gearing up for a a statewide Senate seat, um, that maybe he would not be quite as moderate if he was, you know, trying to prepare himself to, you know. Right. If you're building a resume to, to hold an actual, you know, mayor in Tulsa is a nonpartisan race. If you're trying to build a resume to run as a Republican um, and you're being criticized by, you know, that, you know, further right Republican base as being not Republican enough, you would think that, you know, he would spend the next four years trying to, you know, bolster that part of his resume. But if he's not going to run for office again, who knows? I mean, it's sort of it'll be interesting to see what direction uh, it goes. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me not to compare, you know, Bynum and Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt, um, partly just because you seem to see see pictures of them together everywhere. Um, they have a very kind of, I don't know, maybe brother-like, you know, relationship and have mm-hmm. obviously been in, in step when it comes to the, the COVID-19 response. You know, both are Republicans. Both are just slightly, you know, right of center, at, at least based on their past. Um you know, but here in Oklahoma City, even though we have a Republican mayor, and I know they're, they're nonpartisan positions, but he is a Republican, um, the city itself has seen quite a shift to the left. And we've got a, a Democratic congresswoman who's up for re-election this year. We've seen uh, more progressive candidates to the, to the state legislature in Oklahoma City and to the city council. What's the, like, what are the larger, is that similar dynamic happening in, in Tulsa right now? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the, the city of the city itself, of the city of Tulsa, is viewed as maybe, I would say, slightly as as a little bit blue, maybe slightly less blue than the city of Oklahoma City, um, but it's still blue. You know, it's the county as a whole that is it, it, it turns it into a you know purple or, or red color. There are pockets of the city, you know, specifically downtown, um, that are very uh, that are very liberal. Um, I, you know, I think as a whole, Tulsa is maybe trending more. Uh, the city of Tulsa is trending more into a, you know, a liberal or Democrat um, perspective. But it's a, it's not a, a rapid process by any means. And I mean, as the election showed, a lot of the, even the Democrat voters are, are more comfortable voting for a, a moderate Republican than a more progressive, uh, you know, Democrat. And so it. Any ideas I think that people have where, you know, Tulsa has its reputation of being, you know, this pretty liberal city, but I think it's just like any bigger city where the urban area is a little more liberal than than maybe the city or the county as a whole. I think that that election in Bynum and the number of votes he got from Democrats, I mean, all you need to to look at is the, uh, the early voting was heavily Democratic. I mean, if you look at the breakdown of how the early votes came in, it was almost two to one or one point, you know, seven, five to one Democrats to Republicans. But when those votes were actually counted, the majority of them were for, for Bynum. I mean, everyone expected Robinson would open up with an early voting lead just because they thought, oh, the Democrats will vote for him, Republicans will vote for Bynum. So as anything that shows us, it's that the Democrats here are still somewhat conservative. Um, and any ideas that it's going to turn into some like liberal stronghold, I think, are, are uh, a ways off. Do you think part of that is a product of it being a nonpartisan race? I mean, there's not an R or D next to the name for someone running for mayor. Uh, people know who know that he is a Republican, but you don't necessarily run with the the, the party banner. Do you think that makes d- Democrats more receptive to to vote for a Republican when they might not otherwise be? If this was say a 
a, a, a race for a state house? Yeah, definitely. And I think, and I, and too, I mean, it's not, not to take anything away from Bynum because he, for 95% of his first term was very popular with with Democrats or with most Democrats. And the decisions he made were very popular. I mean, people talked even, you know, this spring about how you would see people who, who consider themselves, you know, far left Democrats say they were proud to have voted for Bynum, you know, in 2016 and how happy they were that he was the mayor. So, um, yeah, I think that there is a part of that because it's a nonpartisan race. That there, and when I, I interviewed Greg Robinson today, and he even mentioned that, you know, he thought there were people who probably identified more with his platform than with Bynum's, but just were more comfortable voting for a guy who had been in office and had done a competent job than they were for someone who was 30 years old and they maybe had never heard of before. So I think that did have probably a big effect on the race. Now, did that have enough of an effect that would have swung it one direction or the other. I don't know, but I'm sure Bynum pulled votes from Democrat voters who were just comfortable with the way things have been. On Tuesday, like I said, we sort of hung around to try to, to catch Bynum um, after he'd given his speech and, and everything. And um, I was there with uh, Kevin Canfield um, from the Tulsa World and Kevin asked him, is there anything in, you would have done differently in the last few months? You know, Because like we've said, Bynum had a pretty popular you know, time for 95% of his term. And it was, was only just recently that he started kind of running into some pockets of trouble. And uh, I think Kevin's question was more about the Trump rally itself, which, you know, obviously seemed to upset a lot of people, but Bynum, Bynum answered that, you know, he wishes he would have back when he, um, you know, allowed Tulsa to sort of start reopening. Uh, he did so alongside uh, Governor Stitt's order that, you know, reopened Oklahoma. And, and Bynum said, well, I, I feel like I don't have a, ch a choice, you know, if, if I don't feel like I can keep Tulsa closed, if the surrounding communities are going to be open. And, um, and you know, at the time he seemed frustrated, but he still, he said, if, if the state is going to allow towns and cities to reopen, then I feel like Tulsa has to be allowed to, to reopen. And he said last night, the or I mean, on Tuesday night, for the first time that I, I heard him say this, that he wished that he would have um, disagreed with Stitt and kept Tulsa closed for that, I think it was seven mm -hmm. weeks period um, where we were open but before Tulsa put the mask mandate uh, back into effect. He wished that he would have um, not gone along with what the governor um, said and, and, you know, the order that the governor issued for the state. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it did look like he regretted. I mean, you know, you saw pretty instantly cases in Tulsa started to spike uh, for a time and maybe still currently. I don't know. Tulsa was, you know, leading the 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 state, I think, in active cases and, 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 you know, things were getting pretty dire here for a while. And, you know, that was all sort of timed with the Trump rally. And it was really a, a scary time for a lot of people in Tulsa. And he did say, you know, he wished that he would have done that differently. So I thought that was pretty interesting to hear him um, admit to. Do you think do you think we might see a little bit more uh, disagreement then with the governor from Bynum moving forward if if the opportunity arises? I mean, based on what he said and then also the fact that he doesn't have another election coming up. Yeah, I mean, it would be I'll be interested to see because he's never even when he's sort of gone along with the governor on some of the stuff, he's never been shy about at least expressing, you know, some sort of frustration with the with Governor Stitt and with some of the decisions that he's made. So it may he may feel a little more emboldened, you know, to do that um, and to, to go against him. I mean, we'll just have to see what we'll to see. It depends, I guess, on what Stitt does, you know, moving forward and what um, situations Tulsa finds itself in. Yeah. Well, it was kind of a fascinating race. I mean, it, it seemed like you got two, 
two stories that would seem to be opposite of each other, but I, I think we're very much in play. At one hand, um, a, a segment of the city kind of rising up and, and saying we want to go in a different direction. Um, but then an incumbent mayor also kind of flexing his muscle during a, a, probably the toughest three months of his of, of his tenure when you when you think about the uh, political challenges and the health challenges that uh, he, he was presented with. Yeah, I think there's two in- interesting takeaways just from the voting figures. I mean, just sort of along the same things that you just said. The first thing is more people voted um, in this mayor's race during a pandemic than voted in 2016 when when Bynum and Bartlett faced off. And I don't know that a lot of people expected that just because there was at that point a lot of enthusiasm for Bynum uh, in 2016. And, you know, obviously this year we're in a pandemic and his only serious challenger was a, a newcomer who'd only started campaigning, you know, two and a half months before. So I was surprised to see more people come out to vote, which I think speaks to probably like Cassie talked about, voters who had never voted before or who hadn't voted recently who came out because they were energized by um, Greg Robinson. And on the flip side of that is Bynum technically won by a larger uh, margin than he did in 2016. So you have a lot of support on one hand for, you know, for Greg Robinson and his platform. But also, I mean, I would imagine Bynum will see this as a mandate to continue doing the same things he did the first four years because his margin only increased. to do it for this week's episode of listen frontier you can find all other episodes in the listen frontier podcast feed and if you subscribe you'll get the latest episode as it's published for more of our journalism you can log on to readfrontier.org for the frontier i'm ben felder thanks for listening i'll be back with you next week